0: Welcome everyone to the Mutants over at Table 9, otherwise known as Moat 9, M-O-A-T, the number 9, where I review and or discuss movies, TV shows, anything and everything geek worthy. So grab a drink and a snack, maybe you're on your drive to work, whatever the case may be, the newest episode is coming at you in 3, 2, 1. Welcome everybody to Moat 9, episode number 10. Once again, I have a guest because I know you people probably get bored hearing me by myself. So today we have a good <laughs> friend of mine, Mr. Oscar. We have known... Say hello, Mr. Oscar. Hello, Mr. Oscar. The, the OG. The OG. <laughs> este, we have known each other... I'm going to ballpark it here because I have a bad memory. Well, we're going on six, seven years? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, seven years. You're right. Yeah, six, seven That's years. Right. Hang, hung out. I remember we had a, our little group, and we started hanging around, uh, like, almost, uh, was a, I remember it was a therapy thing. We were all going through some heavy stuff Something at the time. Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, came together, the four of us, for a little therapy stuff, and went our separate ways a little bit, but kind of kept in touch here and there. Right, right, Is right. there you want to you want give them a little background on yourself, anything you're willing to share?
1: Well. No, uh well, uh <clears throat> where to begin? Um, well, I was born and raised here in El Paso. Never uh never had any interest in leaving. I've and and I've always genuinely, genuinely loved living here. Traveled a lot, mostly during college, because um, you know joining organizations and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know college pays for the trips, and we traveled all over the place. And every time I left, no matter where I went, I was always anxious to get home. I just always wanted to be home. So I'm a homeboy. Now,
0: um, now, quick question how what's the longest you were away
1: the longest i was away i'm going to say 2 weeks
0: well okay mm. and so the and the reason i asked like do you think maybe if you had let's say for work or for whatever you needed to go somewhere for a little more extended period do you think that would still be the case or do you think you'd get a more used to it
1: no no i I don't think so at all.
0: <laughs> you truly love In El fact, Paso and you want yeah, to come I, back. Yeah,
1: I truly love El Paso. I've always wanted to come back. It's always been a relief to come back home. I mean, I've been... Okay. And, you know, people complain about El Paso. And it's, it's a desert. There's nothing to
0: do. Honestly... There's, to I do. Th- There's
1: plenty to do.
0: I think it's honestly more of a the cool thing to do now is to complain about El Paso. Like, I don't think most people mean it. It's just they hear everybody else say it. So they just go along with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, definitely a trendy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been to, you know, the big cities I've been to, you know, LA, Washington, DC, Seattle, where there's a million things to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: i and I've always appreciated just coming back home. So that's just me. I, I've always just loved being here. Um, I got you. I've been a, been a musician for about 30 years. So I'll listen to everything and anything. And yes, even country.
0: Really? That's so weird. Real, real oh, quick, like before, we'll probably get there a little bit later, but just real quick, like what, give me your top like three that you listen to the most. Go.
1: Top three easy would be. Um, the Highwaymen, the end. But really? you know, the Highway okay. Highwaymen being Willie Nelson, uh, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. um, you know Waylon Jennings, those the, guys—the real original
0: country. And see, my. Uh, You've met Sinda, my fiancé. She She's, yeah. I would say, primarily a country fan over anything else. Like, if you give her a choice, she'll listen to that over anything else. And we have really? conversations like that all the time because I, I remember a couple of years back I posted, I think on Facebook, like, hey, if I'm trying to get into country, give me a list of things that I should be listening to. And I think you might have jumped on there. And they were <laughs> giving me, like, uh, yeah, I can't remember now, but it was... Bands that even looking at the album covers, it looked like a pop boy band, and I'm like, and I listened to it
1: newer stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. I listened to it. I'm like, nah, not so much. I my mom used to listen to a lot of Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, so yeah, that's what I remember. George Mm Strait, that's what I remember as the country that I grew up with. I guess
1: that to me is country. That, mm-hmm. that boy, the boy band stuff that, that they call country now. I mean, if people like it, that's great. It's just, it's not country. Yeah. And see, the funny thing
0: is, um, you remember, of course, Aaron Lewis from Stained. Right, 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 right. Have you noticed lately his solo stuff? He's doing pretty much country. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, I've I actually know. listened to it. And I'm not yeah. going to lie, dude, I've downloaded that to a playlist, and I actually listen to that when I go outside and smoke a cigar that I'm by myself. Most of the time, that's what I'm listening to. Wow. I, I, re- I really enjoy it, but I don't have the country roots that Cinda does. And ah. you're more of a musician, so it, it'd probably be different. Because she I had her listen to it, and she's like, "I can still hear his stained rock voice I'm like eh, yeah, I, I get that <laughs> it's 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 stained with a with a twang
1: is what it is <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. I knew he was, I knew he was, and I just meh, I'd, rather not, and I'd
0: rather not right that's... no, I get you so any anything before we get too deep into that stuff, is there anything else that you would um, that you would like to share as far as your background?
1: My background, um, well, I'm, I've, I'm a high school teacher. I've been a high school teacher for, for a little over 13 years now. Um, I, I teach social studies, I'm teaching history right now, so I'm a kind of a history, I don't want to say a history buff, but I always like to learn history. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just, just because it's interesting to me, it's not, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a history buff. It's okay. just, I'm a, it's, it's just fascinating to me. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a daddy. I have a daughter. She's 12 years old going on 17. Um, and actually we're both, we're both, you know, we love watching scary movies,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: that was with me and with her. It was kind of by accident. Um, I remember when The Walking Dead came out, and I was watching The Walking Dead, and for whatever reason, she sat there watching it with me. And she was like mm-hmm. two years old or whatever. and Now that that's all she wants to watch is horror flicks. I got uh, you. So we so we love horror flicks, horror TV shows, horror animated movies, whatever, anything horror, anything creepy. She's a we're both creeps.
0: It's great. Both both creeps. And something to 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 bond over.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's good.
0: Yeah, there, so be. the like I I believe it was the last episode I was explaining how I don't want to pigeonhole the show to just movies and TV and the quote unquote geek stuff. I I want to branch out into just you can geek out about just about anything. And the last episode a buddy of mine and I we were geeking out over cigars because I, I smoke cigars ah. pretty often. Um, so the reason I ask a little bit about the background is like for you as a teacher, as a musician. Not that 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 that's a uh, what I want to say like, like a bias towards certain things, but you individually, what what would you say you geek out about? Like something that that just gets your brain that geekiness going, like you almost fanboy about. Wow. Um, from music. what I've known about, yeah, I was about to say, from what I've known of you the past seven years, it'd probably be more music. Like you said, you're you're yeah. not quite a history buff per se, but music would probably be number one.
1: Music would be number one. Um, in fact, you know, I'll at, I, like I said, I'll listen to, and I will listen to any kind of music. I have listened to every kind of music. Mm -hmm. Um, if somebody introduces me to something new I'm not gonna shun it and be like oh that's stupid no I'll sit there and listen to it because I I, I, I like to dissect it you know listen Mm -hmm. to the beat the beat the rhythm the melody the you know the how it's composed how it's put together uh, the tiniest little details that you know the the faint Faint, faint sounds that kind of add spice to a song. You know, I'll, I'll listen mm-hmm. to everything like that. The,
0: the subtleties that
1: most, the subtleties that there most you people go. probably miss. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. Too. Whereas you know, I mean, people like the beat and they like to dance to something. But I'll sit there and really, really open my ear to it and, and try to try to find the subtleties and the little things that people don't notice and say, "Ooh, hey, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool."
0: I got you now as and I think I've asked you this before but it'll be a good thing to get into here on the show as a as a musician what would be one artist or group that doesn't get the appreciation as musicians that they should
1: whether old school or new oh man there's 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 too many I mean, if if I try to think of one or a few, I I go blank because there are too many. And mm-hmm.
0: see, like real quick, if if to help you maybe think or you can think while I talk, like one that pops into my head right away is like Prince, Prince he has such popularity. He's, he's every, like not everybody, but there's tons of people that love Prince and Prince this, and they can, when Purple Rain comes on, they go crazy, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, it was probably 10 years ago, more or less that I really paid attention to how much better of a musician he was than I previously thought. Like I appreciated his music, but when I looked up, a Prince and then I saw him play I can't remember the song but he's playing with Tom Petty and I don't know who else
1: and he Whee! does a solo yeah that's uh While My Guitar Gently Weeps yes 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 and it was like an all-star cast of musicians and, up there and, yeah
0: and he seemed to blow them away I mean these are great musicians and he just he plays a blues solo during that yeah. that just I was like dude this guy can I mean, I knew he was good, but this guy can play like I and was listening to it like this.
1: This guy is with there, he's right there with these blues musicians. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and when when Prince died, you know, is when a lot of us started learning all these unknown facts about him, about. He was actually very proficient in several, you know, playing several instruments.
0: And Well, it's
1: funny you say that
0: because I brought around that time when I started learning more and researching more. I learned that um, I Want to Be Your Lover, I believe is on his first album. And what Uh happened was he sent it in as a demo tape, of course, to some executives. And I don't remember which company, but he sent it in and the guy heard it. And he it just blew his mind. And he went to his boss and was like, dude, you got to listen to this kid because he's like 17 at the time. And Uh. he played it for the exec. And the guy's like, he's 17. He he just wrote about something, but whatever he like, he was he wasn't that impressed. But then the guy told him, dude, this kid is playing every single instrument that's on this track. Yeah. And the guy yeah, was like, yeah. whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's playing everything by himself. He's like, he did every, he played every instrument he sang, he produced it. He did everything by himself and he's 17 years old. And
1: that's uh-huh. what prompted the guy to be like, get this guy in here. We need to check him out. Yep. Yep. And, and that's, that was actually, uh, it was that tune. Uh, a lot of his earlier, earlier, earlier stuff, he recorded everything on his own by himself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, And when he died, you know, we started hearing about how he had his own little sleeping area in the studio because he would sleep at his studio because he would have these uh, sudden, you know, spontaneous moments of creativity. So he'd wake up Mm -hmm. and, you know, hit record and that by the time he died, at the time that he died, he still had about a hundred songs that had been already completed and unreleased. So we think about Prince about being, you know, we think about all the hits, but -hmm. there are still a hundred songs that have not been released. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. That's mind blowing, man. See, and a lot of people
0: would be like, well, for an artist like that, especially as, you know, as old as he was and stuff, a hundred seems, not, you know, it doesn't seem that impressive to people that don't know music that well, I guess. But when you think, like, I don't know music as well as you do, obviously. But I have the appreciation to know, like, dude, that that means he... You, you start plinking around, you start like with a little riff and then you turn that into a melody. You turn that into a, a song. Then you have to write the lyrics on top of it. Then you have to tweak the song yeah. because it doesn't fit the, like it, there's just a long process yeah. and he's doing this by himself.
1: So uh, he, by himself yeah.
0: and a hundred completed songs. That's a right. lot. That's a lot. Like, I, like you could teach somebody music and if they write one song, <laughs> that that's a great, that's like, that's an accomplishment. And this guy wrote a hundred completed songs that yep. that I think uh, he released, like after he died, like a year later, they released an album of new stuff. No,
1: I, I, I knew that was, you know what? And I, <laughs> I didn't keep up with that, but I remember that was some kind of a, that was a point of contention between, you know, the, the family and whoever was in control of the estate, whether or not they should release and who was going to get the profits from it. And, you know, all that Mm. stuff that happens after a celebrity dies, but of course, I don't know. I, I was, I didn't keep up with that and I didn't hear anything. I got you. Yeah.
0: So that, that, that was the one that comes to my mind. But like, like I said, for you, did that help you at all think of somebody that musically is maybe maybe even popular but it's almost like yeah you guys like it but you still don't appreciate how good it is musically
1: well and maybe you know not maybe not anybody too um too popular um okay. like I, Somebody like that, I would think of Chris Christopherson, who people don't realize actually wrote a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. It's just that other people sang them for him. Okay. Um, uh, you know, like uh, Me and Bobby McGee was written by Chris Christopherson and made famous okay. by Janis Joplin. Um, I think of uh, Juan Gabriel. You know, Juan Gabriel in, in Mexico is this obviously this icon and, and very beloved, but a lot of people don't know that he was like a lot like Prince in Mexico. He wrote a lot of songs and mm-hmm. uh, he just kind of, he, he would write a song and then he would contact a singer who he thought would be somebody better to sing that song. And uh, And that's, that's probably one of the bigger things
0: that I've noticed that, people think that because somebody's a musician that you know they can do do it all but at, in reality it's like somebody they write a song like and going back to Prince like he wrote um, nothing compares to you yeah there you but go he gave it to Sinead O'Connor who made it right. the hit that it is now it's still Prince but realistically it probably wouldn't have hit the way it did
1: if it was him rather than her yeah, exactly
0: so yeah to See, write that, a song and be
1: like that's what i'm saying." that that's fascinating to me yeah. and yeah mm-hmm. like to write a song and say you know what this is a cool song that this person would be great at singing mm-hmm. that's even generous because i mean they're they're getting all the fame off of it and you're mm-hmm. just sitting in the background like, yeah, that's badass. <laughs> right. <laughs> you
0: know, it, Like one of the ones that, that blew my mind was, um, oh, I'm going to forget the name. Uh, oh, what's the name of that song? Uh, Love Circus? Love. I think it's Sheila. No, it's not even Sheila. Eat. Damn it. I'm oh, going to complete Bizarre. it. Love Bazaar. There you go. Of bizarre, yeah. Dude, like I I loved that track when I was young. I loved it to death. And it wasn't until I was a full-grown well, I don't know if a full grown adult, I'm still a kid, but (laughs) it was it was much later on that I was like, Holy shit, that was Prince. And there's so many artists that are like that. That it's like Sheila E got started with Prince and uh back in the day when uh what's it, Vanity, uh Apollonia, yeah, like all these artists, they they became famous and Prince had a lot to do with it. Like, as a matter of fact, I think um, Lizzo got a lot of help from Prince before he died when she was, no before way. she became popular. I had no idea.
1: Wow, that's badass. I had no idea
0: hmm. So, I mean, it, it's that that's that's one. Now, and the funny thing is, the reason I ask that is because anytime I speak to somebody that's a true musician and listens to and most musicians listen to quite a bit of music, like different music. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day, like this was like the early mid 90s. I remember seeing an interview with Billy Corgan from uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, that he he was trashing Nirvana. Just uh-huh. like, I can't believe that people like it, blah, blah, blah. And he, he, was, uh, he was seen as egotistical for saying it, but he's like, musically speaking, we're, we're light years beyond Nirvana. And it's, it's disappointing. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but basically that <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. disappointing that, that people didn't appreciate them musically for what they do. Now, uh-huh. did you listen to a lot of Smashing
1: Pumpkins? And is that true? i'm gonna say eh, i'm gonna say well because true or not true i'm I'm trying to think like the my opinion about smashing pumpkins and my opinion about uh you know nirvana are it's they're kind of like not related i I don't know how else to I don't, they're, they're... I don't see smashing pumpkins and, and nirvana in the same light because mm-hmm. they have different they have different approaches to writing music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about the simplicity of nirvana that I think a lot of people connected with, mm-hmm. and and again it's not it's not so much a matter of I remember when when you know Kurt Cobain was elevated as this music guru and I remember a bunch of musicians being offended, offended by it. He can't even sing. He sings out of tune. His guitar <laughs> right. sounds like crap. And I'm thinking that's not why people are connecting to Nirvana. They're connecting right. to Nirvana because of the vibe, uh, maybe even the messages in the lyrics, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you think back on the lyrics and you're like, Oh, you know, but but the music itself was was simple enough that people can um, appreciate it and and not have to analyze it. That's mm-hmm. one of the things. That's one of the things I think that's missing in 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 writing music. A lot of people want to write music for the sake of somebody else liking it. They you know? they write.
0: It, I, I've noticed that it it. It's that's what pop music is. They they're focused on writing stuff that's catchy. Not yeah,
1: necessarily they, simple but catchy. Right. And and they're writing music so that they can get fans and they're writing music because they want to sell and they're you know, but mm-hmm. but that's not why Nirvana was writing music. And it's obvious, mm-hmm. you know, it's obvious when you listen to it, it's um it's very Raw it's there's no you know it's it's not a composition. it's three riffs repeated over and over and over and this guy you know singing off key or whatever, but everybody loves it. Why right. they're not they're again, they're not relating to it because it's a you know this fantastic composition of music. They're relating to it because of the vibe and the beat and the rhythm and uh, how aggressive it is, you know. Did I right. like Nirvana at the time? I didn't like Nirvana at all, but I understand why people like Nirvana, you know?
0: Right. And see, and, and that, in that context, it reminds me of like like me personally, I don't understand why Tom Petty and Bob Dylan have such a huge following because it's it's hard to listen to because vocally they sound weird to me. Yeah, <laughs> but they've yes. got. But they they resonate. They 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 hit. They they touched a nerve with a whole generation, and they just became hugely popular.
1: And you know that that's back to country more than. I, I rem and, and I had this uh, conversation with a with a musician friend of mine about how he can't stand Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. and, you know, people love Johnny Cash, but they don't understand why. You know, they just, they love listening to Johnny Cash and, and, you know, yeah, there's the thing about him being the, like this rebel and he dresses all in black or whatever. But, but as far as the music goes, um, you know, people say, oh, he's such a great guitar player. No, no, he isn't. Oh, but he's such a great singer. Well, no, no, he's yeah, not. Then, it's the, right. it's the stories they tell, mm-hmm. they, you know, the stories they tell, you can listen to the lyrics and you can picture you know, the lyrics come into life in some kind of a film in your head. You know, you you see the lyrics playing out in the mm-hmm. images that that they describe. And that, I think, is why people like Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan. I can't stand Bob Dylan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I'm the same way. Like, I, there's some the, songs the that I, Dylan, I like the
0: songs, but listening uh, to him is like...
1: That, he is, oh, bro. I can't. I can't stand listening, but I understand why people like him, you know, mm-hmm. I understand that people like the, I mean, somebody said the poetry of his lyrics. Somebody said the, um, uh, the, the creativity, how he, you know, blends his lyrics with the music. And I'm like, I don't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Don't hear it. I don't hear well, it. and I can't sit there and appreciate it, but I understand why other people do. Right, and and like you said, that the, when you
0: said the poetry, I remember I'm a huge fan of, um, and I'm forgetting every single name now. All of a sudden, the movie, ah, the kid that's following the following the bands around, uh, almost famous, almost famous, where they're yeah. talking. The the sister is talking about Simon and Garfunkel. That uh-huh. and that's what I remember hearing. Like that, that it was true poetry actually put to music. Right. Which it, a lot of people figure, oh, well, music is rhyming. and Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make it poetry. Technically, I guess it does, but they were using metaphors and talking about stuff. that right. When you listen to it, it's like, oh shit, they're actually talking about this. And uh-huh. that's, that's subjective a lot of times as well. Because right. I, I was going to say, when you were talking about Johnny Cash, dude, he took Hurt, which was a Nine Inch Nails Trent Reznor song, and it honestly, I like Johnny Cash's version better. It makes a bigger impact, huh? Right. And, and, and it's, especially if you know a little bit about his history and his addiction, if you've seen the movie, yeah, you yeah. hear the song and it's like, holy shit, he's not just taking a song that was popular. He heard a song that really hit him to his soul. And he said, I want to record this. I don't yep. think I can do it better necessarily, but I want to do my version of this.
1: Yep, yep. And then for him to to, to die soon after that, you know, everybody, well, everybody, everybody around the world. No, I, I remember a lot of people saying, oh, that was his goodbye. Like he already knew it was coming. That, that was mm-hmm. his goodbye. He's just telling people, this is what I've been feeling. I'm at the end of the road. Thank you very much. And
0: see... But- And this is where I can get even more geeky into stuff like that. That almost is like him saying, I've done my music. I've written stuff, my lyrics and stuff. But this song, even though technically it's not mine, encompasses my life here on Earth. Thank you very much. Good night.
1: Yeah, you know, and and that's where where lyrics and poetry, there's this line that is blurred. Because, I mean... Mm -hmm. If you listen to lyrics, you can listen to any lyrics and you think, what is he talking about? But lyrics like uh, what Johnny Cash writes, no, they don't rhyme. No, it's hard. It's really not poetry, but he's telling a story. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. why, that's what resonates with a lot of people. And, and yeah, there are people who are poets and who can write lyrics and who, who can, you know, like you say, metaphors, they can, speak about a metaphor and make it sound really, you know, really neat and you can connect with it, but it's mm-hmm. the stories. tell. I think more than anything, what
0: what I connect with. Yeah. And, and that reminds me now that we're t- you're saying that it wasn't until the movie came out that I, I didn't realize that Elton John mostly wrote the music. It was his partner that wrote the lyrics. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That, and, and you think of Elton, and a lot of people think like they hear Elton John, and so it's his music. he writes the music, he writes the lyrics, he does this he does he does everything it's like no there's there's still other people behind it. There's people that don't write a lick of music, so they probably can't even read music, uh-huh. but they're great musicians, and they write stuff maybe, but the most of their stuff is written by somebody else, like you look up the credits i was I was that geeky when it when I was a kid I would The albums they would have like written by, produced by, and you'd see tons of names besides the artists that you were listening to. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember, I remember in hip hop, there was a rumor way back in the day that um, Nas wrote Uh Getting Jiggy with It, the (laughs) Will Smith song. Uh And it's like, whoa, whoa, Nas wrote that. It turns out that it wasn't true. Nas said that that wasn't true. He was in the studio at the time. And he oh. saw Will Smith write it himself, or whatever. But it it lends to there's like um, Jay Z actually has written a lot of stuff for Dre for a lot of artists. He he writes a lot of songs, and that's the controversy that happened a couple of years ago. That it turns out Drake writes very little of his own stuff, supposedly. Uh, right, 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 right. So it, it's the music is just so all over there's and there's tons of people that write. Many, many hits and you'd never have heard of them. Yeah. You, you say their name and they're gonna be like, who? Well, he wrote yeah. this, 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 and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't know that. But they're they're I don't want to say they're true musicians, but they're a different kind of musician where they're they're not really looking for the fame and all of the celebrity. They'll get like <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like uh Millie Vanilli back in the day. They yeah. just look pretty and they could sell the music, but they weren't writing any of it. It was, they weren't even singing any of it,
1: yeah, you know and and that was um that is some it, that was just Millie vanilli and then it started mm-hmm. making you wonder like how many other people do that mm-hmm. um oh, and... I
0: remember who was it um the sister of jessica simpson i think <laughs> yeah simpson? yeah that that debacle that she had on saturday night live where you saw that she wasn't really singing and people freaked out And i'm like dude do you have any idea <sighs> oh. how different try sing try standing up and singing a full song you're gonna sound like shit because it's hard to breathe and it move yeah. and keep and stay in tone Yep, In tune, I'm sorry. So when people are oh, she's lip syncing. Dude, I guarantee you that yeah. most of the artists you go see in concert are lip syncing.
1: You're now, going to I see mean,
0: a show. You,
1: you, can, you, you can make the argument that there are some who do an entire show without lip syncing. And then there are some who do the show part lip sync, part singing. You, and there mm-hmm. are varying degrees of that. But you're right, you would be surprised how many people do that. And it's you know, if you're paying money to see a mm-hmm. show see a concert, you wanna you wanna see a good show, you wanna hear the music, you wanna be able to listen to the music sound as fantastic as you want, more than mm-hmm. likely, more than likely somebody's gonna be lip syncing for that same reason. Yeah. Unless you're unless you're Slayer, in which case, you know, it's different. But you know, people like, you know, yeah. Ashley Simpson or, uh, you know, Shakira or J-Lo or, you know, these Mm -hmm. women who, uh, and and guys, and guys, people who dance and sing on stage. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Very hard. Oh, yeah. People want oh, yeah. the perfect the, show. Yeah, you want a perfect show. Well, people are gonna yeah. lip sync, you know. And, and that's I think that's the problem,
0: is that people don't realize you're going to see a show. You're not yeah. if you're going for that, you need to find an artist that does. and that reminds me of a few years back when Cinda and I kind of first started dating, my mom I can't remember if she got them or if I got them for her. I think I got the tickets for her, but we went to see Elton John. Yeah. I haven't been to that many concerts, but I've been to enough concerts to be completely blown away. This guy is, what, in his 70s? Uh Uh-huh. He came out on, on stage, started the concert, and went the full length, which was, I believe, two, two and a half hours. Damn. With no break, you know, did the whole, okay, thank you, good night, and then did the encore. Yeah, that was the only break he had, and I'm like, dude, I I've actually I played piano for a little bit for like I took like a year of piano in high school, and yeah, to be able to play that long, sing that long, perform that long at 70, yep, dude, uh, brother, oh, yeah. you you need to appreciate the show for what it is, like yeah, exactly. If, if you're like you said, if you're going to see Slayer. You're going to get your ears blown out. Right. So if it turns out he he's a little off tune or whatever, who gives a shit? You're there. Yeah, exactly, you're there yeah. for the experience, not for oh, he, he was off on that one note in that one song. Yeah. <laughs> bitch, bitch, nobody nobody says that shit. Now that that actually makes me think of something else. Like I've always wondered for anybody you I'm pretty sure at some point you've had this discussion but for anybody listening right now cuz I've actually had the same thought for for like heavy metal like true metal bands like slayer yeah to me the to the untrained ear it doesn't sound like it's musically complex it's not to me it's not beethoven right. but i'm not trained as a musician so as a musician, I don't want to say that you have to justify it, but how how would you explain it to somebody that's not a musician that like you you're a you're a metal fan. So how would you explain to somebody that's not a musician that to appreciate it better?
1: Well, and then so so we're talking about how some people connect with <clears throat> for example, Johnny Cash or even Nirvana because of the vibe well yeah Mm -hmm. that's, that's the same thing with with heavy metal and death metal it's that aggression it's the 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 aggression that's in one word for me is people connect with the aggression and there's something uh there's something primal uh something visceral that comes out in people when they listen to heavy metal and it's very you know satisfying and you you know because you know, people frown upon slapping random people, you listen to heavy metal and feel the same satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more about right. the satisfaction of of listening to something aggressive. Um and that's what people want. They want loud. They okay. want they want their ears blown out. They want to hear the noise. They want to feel you know the bass drum uh you know reverberating in their stomach you know that's 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 what people right with, with, with heavy metal um okay now the lyrics, real quick yeah what? Go ahead. No, no i was no, gonna go say ahead. the lyrics i mean if you if you listen to reed slayer lyrics it's just uh, i don't want to sound what's the word bougie but it's not poetry it's not Shakespeare it's not and and they they've said this themselves we're not we're not trying to sugarcoat anything they want to musically and lyrically assault your senses so it's it's Mm -hmm. death and destruction and well people like you know people love seeing a train wreck people love to rubberneck down you know driving down the freeway when they see a car crash people love that right So that's what heavy metal provides.
0: So Okay. Now in that in that context, would if you looked at it unbiasedly, musically speaking, is there more complexity to it than people think? Or is it fairly simple?
1: There there is complexity and, and there is skill and technique involved. Um, oh, well,
0: that, that's one thing that I would... I mean, I'm not as big of a metal fan as you are, clearly. But that's one thing that I would say. It's like, dude, like... And, and I don't know if this falls in metal, technically. But, like, I've seen videos of um, Zach Wild. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, if you think that's simple, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that the, te- the technique that's involved with playing that, there's probably classically trained guitarists and people like Eddie van Halen that couldn't play some of that
1: shit exactly and and um I was gonna say you hit the nail on the head, but imagine you know focusing on hitting a nail on the head with a hammer and then doing that you know repeatedly and very rapidly you know there, it takes technique mm-hmm. and skill. it takes technique and skill and that's that is what a lot of people don't kind of realize about heavy metal thrash metal, how fast you have to play, and how precise you have to pick a note at the same time that um, you know you're 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 pressing down a fret on the string or whatever, otherwise mm-hmm. I mean even nirvana sounds better than than somebody who doesn't know what they're doing you know
0: right right, because then there's been. There's been some, and I can't think of one, but I'm sure there's been some artists that you go to their concert and to hear them play live, they're actually not that good. They, like in the studio, they can, they can do 10 takes if they have to to get, the, to get the sound right. But once they're live, they're not that great. Meh. But that's not, that's not what you're listening to. Like if you're going to a live concert, if you expect studio sound, then you don't know
1: music at all. And that's Smashing Pumpkins (laughs) for for Billy Corgan's, you know, uh, comments about music and guitar players and, you know, the state of rock and roll and all that, man, that guy is sloppy live. And people go to see Mm. Smashing Pumpkins because they like the songs or whatever. They want to hear the songs live, but they're sloppy. Motley Crue. Motley Crue is one of my all time all time, all time favorite bands, and they sound like crap. Life, Ugh. really disgusting. <laughs> but I'm not going to hear a perfect show. I want to be in this. You know, I want to be within you know twenty yards. You of, want, of my favorite. You want your f- band, you, you
0: know? want your face melted off.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I get you. It's, it's pretty well known. I mean, for e- even people who like you say aren't you know musically experienced or trained or whatever when you hear Vince Neil singing and you're like oh that doesn't sound right
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's Motley Crue
0: man but it's like brother did you have a ham sandwich right before you came out cuz you're not Mama Cass <laughs> oh man I mean, you can you can't pull that off yeah Oh no, yeah and, no, and, and it, it, it reminds me also of like um uh, again, I'm going to forget the name, but it reminds me of uh, when I heard first heard the term a studio musician, where the person that was playing the, the song in the studio is not the person that you're seeing on stage playing the song because the person on stage is more flashy and puts yeah. on a show. But the one yeah. that actually recorded it is some guy that you've never heard of. Yep. And I remember that because... Um, at the cigar shop and I forget the name of the band and I wish I wouldn't because it would make the story better, but it was a fairly well-known artist. It was a country I want to say Brad Paisley, but I might be messing that up. But the guy that was there smoking with us is a studio drummer. And that's how he's made his living. And ah. he was telling, you know, he wasn't bragging or anything. It just happened to come out in conversation. Um, that, he that's what he does and it's like okay cool and and me being the dork I am I'm like anybody I'm sorry to sound like a fanboy here but anybody that you know we that I might have heard of and he's like in the, the the another guy that's a huge music fan he's like bro do you you have no idea who this is I'm like yeah you're right I don't have any idea who this is <laughs> it turns out that this guy has actually been uh doing studio stuff for pretty well-known artists like yeah I, like i said I, I, I might be messing this up but i want to say it's brad paisley that wow. he called him up and said hey i'm going on tour next year and this was like a year ago he's like i'm going on tour next year and i'd like for you to join us on the road you know my drummer my regular drummer can't do it and you know you're the next best guy and he's like That he's and he's sitting there smoking his cigar, he's like, I don't know if I want to do it. And it's like, bro, are you kidding me right now? Like he's (laughs) calling you up personally and asking you, and you're thinking about, but he's that's that's his life. That's just what he's always done, his whole life. So to him, it's not a big as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, he said that his father literally wrote the book on drumming that most drummers study. Really? Yeah. And I can't remember his name, but it, it, yeah, he, he was telling us this guy called him up and was like, I need you to come out on the road with us. Like, I don't want anybody else. And he was thinking about it because he, he pretty much was done with the gig stuff. Yeah. He didn't want to be away from home and stuff, but he was seriously, but he had a bad back, like doing a whole, he, he told him, he's like, dude, I don't know if I could do a whole show. Like, that that's just gonna ruin my back and stuff. He's like, dude, I'll bring a chiropractor out for, you know, just for you and blah, blah, blah. Like, he was really trying to convince him. So that reminded me of the, the studio musicians that there's people out there that you've never heard of that have way more of an influence on your music than you think.
1: Yeah, that, that reminds me of, um, there's a kind of a documentary called Hired Gun about mm. about studio musicians who play the instruments in the studio to record a song that made millions of made millions of dollars or whatever but you've never heard of them because they weren't in the band they were just somebody who got hired to record the song and Mm -hmm. that that is heartbreaking (laughs) to me it Mm -hmm. is I mean what you know like you're talking about this drummer guy that's just what he does and to him it's it's probably not a big deal but like I sit and think like you recorded this song and you didn't even go on tour with this guy. You didn't, there's, you don't have your name on the, because a lot of them don't even get their name on the, on the, you know, on the CD cover yeah, on the credits they're, they're not mm-hmm. the credits or anything, because they were a hired gun. You know, we hired you to do the job. You did the job. Here's your 200 bucks or whatever. And, you know, they go on tour. And there's a lot of that. Um, there's a, there's a guy here in El Paso, um, actually a few guys, but but one guy in particular that um, there's a band called Ministry, right? You know, iconic mm-hmm. 80s, 90s uh, industrial metal band and,
0: you know, they're very mm-hmm. famous. But
1: uh, uh, back about, I'm going to say about 2003, 2004, the uh, Al Jurgensen, who I mean, really is Ministry, he moved to El Paso, he was trying to just trying to, you know, rehab and get away from the life and all that. And right. as he was recording here, uh, a couple of band members split, you know, they, they quit or they took off or whatever, whatever reasons they had. And, right. he, you know, he's in El Paso. So he started shopping around here locally for, 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 a, you know, for musicians to take on tour. To and, fill in, uh, right. And he took a couple of buddies of mine who are, who are, or were at the time um, in a, in a band called the Pissing Razors. Um, mm-hmm. And there were my friends, I had a, two of my buddies went on tour with ministry and they were coming out in all these pictures and, and the ministry website and uh, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I was like, my friends are in ministry. This is too surreal. <laughs> right. They, they did a show here in El Paso and, you know for those of us who know these guys you know we we all went to the show to support them to see ministry obviously but to support them and i'm i'm watching ministry this iconic band and i see two of my friends on stage this is too weird right uh, but they they had very positive things to say about the experience i mean you know they they traveled they saw the world they right they did, they did the thing. Um, once that tour was over, they came back home, and you know, they they each went on with their lives and everything. But, but currently, another friend of ours, uh, who's who was, uh, you know, he's been a guitar player for a really long time. He was also in the Pissing Razors for a while. Uh, Caesar Soto. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pissing Razors had also been around. They made their way around the world, you know, uh, touring and everything. And ministry needed a a guitar player again. And, well, they decided to shop around in El Paso and they took Caesar. So now this dude, this dude we've known for a long time who was a bartender, uh, really, Mm -hmm. you know, really cool dude, um, got hired by ministry to, to kind of fill in. And next thing you know, he's, a member of Tour. ministry and touring and he just recorded an album with them and it's, it's a trip because he still lives here in El Paso but you talk to him he doesn't really right. talk about ministry much he talks about bike riding you know? <laughs> right but, and
0: that, uh, that, that lends to the, the, the mystique of celebrities and musicians where people really really do forget that they're just they're people, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like you, you talk to probably a lot of them. It's like, wow, you're actually a dumbass. Like you're yeah. really, really <laughs> annoying. And I thought you were like a god, and it turns yeah. out you're just an idiot. Exactly. Or, or vice, or vice, or vice versa. versa. Like, like I remember in uh, what was it, Wayne's World? When they're talking to Alice Cooper, and he's like so articulate and so educated. Yeah, it just doesn't fit Alice Cooper's persona.
1: Exactly, and he still has that black eye makeup. Speaking, you know, all eloquently. Mm-hmm. And on the mm-hmm. flip side, yeah, there are those there are those rock stars who have no idea.
0: Yeah, really and and, right, and when you're talking about that, it was reminding me how, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of cities that can say the same. And I don't want to make it sound like El Paso is like this, the only one. But I think I would really like. For El Paso to come together city i mean i don 't know if city council will do anything, but I, it's, uh, to me it 's a travesty that we don 't have a museum or at least a section of a museum that 's dedicated to the people that have made it quote unquote hey you're from back. El Paso because mute just i mean forget the the guy that created Star trek. Uh-huh. Um, Gene Rodden was born right. He, I believe, he was born here or lived here as a kid. Yeah. Um, a lot of celebrities retire here. Like um, uh, Robert England supposedly retired here in El Paso. Get out. Um, got to look. Yeah, I look <laughs> Um, Sherman Hemsley. I don't know if anybody remembers oh, him yeah. from the Jeffersons.
1: Yeah, dude, Mr. I remember.
0: Jeffries. I. I remember I went to the China buffet over on Viscount and I said, I have this thing, like my mom gets a kick out of it. I'll be like, mom, check it out. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting over there. And she's like, no. And she turns around. And it's a guy that looks a lot like him, but that's kind of, I just like as a joke. And yeah. one day I'm, we're sitting there and I'm like, ma, George Jefferson is sitting over there. And she's like, Oh, shut up. And she turns around and she's like, Oh, it looks like him. I'm like, no ma, it's Sherman Hemsley. <laughs> And I didn't know at the time, it turns out he lived like a couple of blocks away from my ex boss. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, That when he passed away, the clerk at the, the close by Circle K, they interviewed him and he's like, yeah, he used to come in every morning for his coffee. He would walk from his house, come get his coffee, hang on, talk to me a bit, and then he would go back home. So yeah. El Paso has a, a rich history with celebrities and music. Uh, what's his name? F. Murray Abraham from uh, Scarface oh, yeah. and a bunch of other movies. Yeah, He's yeah. Tra- a, a classically thea- theatrically trained actor. He's from El Paso. Yeah. And just so anyway, getting just musically speaking. Yeah. El Paso has a rich music history that a lot of people, even people from El Paso, don't know.
1: Yeah. It's always, it's always uh, like um, it's one of those anecdotes that are told at some random time, some kind of trivia, you know, like most recently um, I saw on Facebook about the house where Sharon, I mean, uh, yeah, Sharon,
0: Sharon, Tate. Where
1: Sharon Tate used to live. And then there's mm-hmm. a, they'll share a picture of Stevie Nicks when she, you know, lived here and but it's always oh, in the, passing, the one you
0: that, know? Yeah, and the one that, that I get a kick out of to tell people when I can, like, the conversation comes up and I can tell that they don't know. So I like throwing it in there just to get that that reaction. Uh, Richard Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, 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 wait, the Night Stalker? Yeah, dude, the Night Stalker. He went yeah. to Jeff. Like, that, to that, that little area that's now a little quarry or whatever, when the houses were there, he that's the neighborhood he lived in. Yeah. So but you're right just, there, should, but there, should be speaking, kinda,
1: there should be some kind of a section at the museum or something that you know to show off that El Paso has more than I mean you know you tip miners and, and you know yeah you know well, the main attractions
0: the, right that that digital wall that they have in front of the is it the art museum or the history museum the history museum yeah Th- that digital wall. That, that, to me, is a huge thing because my mom is actually on there. Oh, really? Because, yeah, if you look at the Segundo Barrio, she is part of the first official youth mariachi in El Paso. Wow. Yeah, her, her and my dad, actually, they played in the first. It was put together by Father Ram. Wow. And it was the first official... Of youth Mariachi in El Paso, and they're on the digital wall. I actually, when they first put it up, I went down there, I popped it open, took a picture, and everything. But like, it's something like that. Like, that's the full history of El Paso. But just focusing on celebrities, musicians that have so, yeah. a history. Johnny Cash got arrested here. Yeah. Tons of rappers got yeah. arrested here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not something that you're necessarily proud of, but, no, but- it's part of. It's part of the history.
1: Yeah, and, and like uh, going back to people complaining about El Paso, you know, if, if they knew some of these things, they might actually want to learn more, you know? Mm-hmm. If, we, if mm-hmm. we could make all these people more well-known. Because, for example, my, my, my buddy Caesar, who is in ministry, uh, unless, you're, unless you love ministry that much, you're not going to know who the members are. And unless mm-hmm. you really you're really familiar with local musicians, you're not going to know who Caesar is, you know right and he's not he's not a rock- star. he doesn't act like a rock star, I'm saying he's a rock star, but he doesn't act like a rock star, so he right wouldn't. but I mean come on, you know we, we need to brag about the people, the people we need to brag about our people a little bit more. we don't do that oh yeah,
0: yeah that's and that's that's kind of the sad part that. Like I said, it's a trend to to shit all over El Paso, but at at the same, there should be a balance of like, okay, that's a local thing to do, but when you're talking to other people from out of town, that shouldn't be the conversation you're having. Exactly. And I remember, like, that's one of the things I tell people when I went to the when I would hang out at the cigar lounge that was downtown. People would come in from out of the from out of town all the time. They were staying at the hotel, so they would find a local cigar lounge and go hang out there. And it was funny because they would um, they would be like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I've never been here. Or I'm new to town or, you know, whatever. And where where do we go to eat and stuff like that? And it, it was always funny because after the first few times, if I was there, they'd all of a sudden point to me and be like, talk to that guy. And I'd be like, well, wait, what just happened? I wasn't listening to you guys. What, what happened? Yeah. And I'd be like the. The one that would tell them where to go eat. And so I'm like, dude, I you can ask any because my whole spiel was that El Paso doesn't have it's it's a unique food. Yeah. It, it's not quite Mexican. Yeah. It's not Santa Fe. It's not Mex Tex. El no, Paso it's is not. its own food. It is. And because a lot of times it was, well, where do I get good Mexican? And I would hear people tell other guys like or whoever was in town like oh you need to go check out and i can't think of l&j's or kiki's and i'm like no that's not if you're looking for el paso i don't know what the term is but cuisine like mexican-ish yeah food yeah go to kiki's go to l&j's for el paso food yeah but if you want mexican food to me the places that you go is like aicocula or toro bronco right yep because you go to these other places and they're not Mexican food. You serve that plate to somebody that just came in from Mexico and they're going to be like, es esto? Yeah. <laughs> no mames. Yeah. I remember actually, it's funny. My, well, one of my cousins came in, well, my dad's cousin technically came in from Mexico and my dad took him to Chicos Tacos.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And he sat there and he's like, <laughs> what, what are these? And I'll translate for the people that don't speak Spanish. But he's like, "What's the, what are these flautas floating in tomato sauce? Yeah. Like, what is this? This isn't Mexican food." He's like, "I didn't say it was Mexican food. I just brought you to an El Paso tradition." Yeah. Yeah. So it. Yeah, but it. Yeah, the history of El Paso gets. So lost to even people that live here, we have like I said, such a rich history with just the name that we got El Paso del Norte has a huge history with Mexico and America. Billy the kid was locked up here in yep. uh what is it Sanelli. And and that's that's another thing that Lucinda and I have had that conversation. Like I've gone to Albuquerque. I've gone to Phoenix. And they have their little old towns. Yeah. Or even like even close by like uh, Old Mesia. Yeah. And I'm like, why do dude, these, these places? Yeah, they have their Mexican history or whatever. But how do we not have that or specifically better here in El Paso? We yeah. could do that in Chihuahuita. We can do that in Segundo Barrio. We can do that in Sanelli, Right. Canutillo. Like, there's just, if you want to, if they have those, we have, they have one part of town. We have, like, five. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, there's no, there's no real pride. No. There there is, but there isn't.
1: No, it's like, people are, people are, ashamed of what exists. <laughs> so they want to get rid of it to bring in something new that is not El Paso at all. And you're like, well mm-hmm. what well what do you there's there's stuff here that we can it's actually and I would say that Sanelli already Sanelli has that. You know there they took advantage of their own history and you know they have their own little uh kind of Sanelli historical center with you know, the, the church and, um, they have a little the museum, trail. the mission trail. Yeah. The museum, the, the, they still have the cage where Billy, the kid, you know, helped his friend escape, you know, that little area right there. That, that's, that's what Sanelli did. I mean, El Paso could do that four times, four times over, like you said, in different parts of town. But
0: Well, but even then it's still at least i haven't been there recently so i don't it might be different but it's still not even on the scale that old Messiah is right oh no yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah. so the, they they need to they need to pump some money into this and like it it'll help tourism like Hello. people come here all the time and it's easy to say well go check out the mission trail but but it's lackluster. It's it like is. They go see, and it's like that. That's, that's it. It. Like, nah. it. They. Yeah. They need. There needs to be some grandeur to it.
1: And I know that's what the that's what the Tiguas have been trying to do. I mean, they've been trying to, but then they keep getting shut down with the casino, and they're back and forth mm-hmm. with back and forth with the state, and you know, that's what they're trying to do. They're br- trying to bring that luster to you know to that whole area, but. I, People, I don't know, people get um, caught up in trying to make things look better rather than, you know, uh, enhancing what we have. Like, Ms. and see that, go ahead. No, like old Messiah, You're, you mentioned old Messiah and um, old Albuquerque. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we could very well have that, <laughs> but people want to get rid of you that. easily. It's so weird. That's weird to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It, it's, I don't know. It, they, I, I get that it's weird to me that El Paso seems to really, really want to be Austin Junior.
1: Right. Uh-huh. When
0: the whole point of Austin and they, their motto is "Keep Austin Weird," yeah. is that they're not like any other city. So if you're gonna try to emulate, like. Imitation is the biggest, the best form of flattery. Like, if you're gonna take something from them, take the fact that they're proud of their city, yeah, and they keep it Austin. Like, don't try to be Austin. Take a, uh, take a, you know, uh, a hint from them and keep El Paso, El Paso. Yep. Don't try to make it like Austin. Don't try to make it the next biggest city. We're already like what the sixth biggest city in Texas. Yeah. But nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. And and it's our own fault.
1: Yeah, It's, it's our true. fault. That's true, too. It makes me angry. Ooh. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. We're already like
0: an hour in. Yeah. So, if we can... Well, real quick, I remember this is going back to that drummer guy that that was at the cigar shop. I just want to tell you this story real quick because you'll appreciate it and hopefully the listeners will appreciate this. The story that, that blew my mind that he told was that... His His father, like I said, supposedly wrote the book on drumming that he would he played with Johnny Cash and just all kinds of people back in the day. Uh-huh. well, his best story is that he was at a gig with his father. his father was playing for Elvis no okay shit. this kid is there he, of course he's learning from his dad or whatever. And Elvis had a habit, like most musicians, most lead singers, I'm sure the in-between breaks or whatever, he would walk back and he had bottles of water or glasses of water at the front of the drum kit. Yeah. So he would walk back, get himself a drink of water, go back to the mic and sing or whatever. Well, his dad, this guy's dad got crazy sick, like stomach flu or something like that and just got crazy sick. And he's like, I can't continue So in between one of the songs or whatever, he went backstage and he told his son, go up and play. Oh, shit. And the kid's like, I think he said he was like 17, 18 at the time. And he's like, are you? And he's like, just, you know how to play. Just relax. Just go play. Do do what I've taught you. You'll be fine. So he goes up on stage and he's playing for Elvis. (laughs) And that the best part is that Elvis, during one of the breaks, walks back to get a drink of water and he looks up. And I I forget his dad's name, but let's just say hypothetically it's Jerry. He goes back and he's like, where's Jerry? (laughs) He's like, "Uh, he got sick and he asked me to fill it. And Elvis is just like, cool, doing a good job, kid. Took his swig of water and went back to sing. Wow. Can you imagine, bro? He played. That's how that's I think he said that was his first like on stage gig was playing for Elvis because his dad got sick.
1: God damn! That's can you imagine, dude? Right? I'd be shitting myself. And you know, I I, oh, I I wouldn't doubt he did. I can't say I I really ever got into Elvis. Like I never listened. I never. I don't know. I just didn't didn't get my. I think he's an. I think he's another one of those that
0: he. It it's like I listen to him. It's like okay, he's got that deep voice or whatever. I think it was more the swag that he had yeah. the 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 personality or whatever because he's not that great but right. he he connected he resonated yeah. with people
1: but it says a lot about him to not have a shit attack you know seeing mm-hmm. this kid behind the drums and being cool about it you know if he's doing fine just leave him there and that that shows a lot of uh what's the word what's the word composure composure yeah and just mm-hmm. coolness like oh okay well he wasn't going to be a dick about it and say get the hell off you know <laughs> right
0: no yeah no because i mean there's can you imagine if that was Axel
1: rose oh Forget god it. that's another guy he sounds like crap life too. um anyway
0: oh i can imagine he 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 just seems like uh that how that guy i guess just it's it's that thing about the front man it's like uh what's his face david lee roth it's the ego that goes and they they, and, and again going back to almost famous when the lead singer of uh whatever the band is in that movie that he's like you know you know what i do i connect i see the one guy in the crowd that's not getting off and i make him get off yeah
1: yep
0: And it's just not a lot of people can do that. I mean, even the best guitarist in the world, yeah, he could do his little solo or whatever, but he's not going to carry the show the way that, yeah, he's not going to carry the show the way that uh, a lead singer probably does. He, he has to judge the crowd and be like, oh shit, they're not into it. I need to do something else and get a little crazy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's just so much that goes into it. It's great. Well, real quick, uh, I don't. I don't know if anybody will even be listening to this <laughs> long. <laughs> uh, segue into what my show is primarily about: movies and TV shows. Like you, as the musician, as the metalhead, as the teacher. What do you na- name? Like movies. Like what's gotten you excited lately? What's some classics that. You're like, nah, I'd rather not watch the new stuff. I'll watch this instead. Like, what are, you, what are some of your favorite movies? What do you, what do you look forward to?
1: Ooh. Um, most recently, um, well, being a horror movie fan, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I just recently read that they were going to remake uh, The Original Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I, I actually talked about that real quick.
0: Oh shit, I don't remember my episodes. I don't remember my own episodes, but I want to say like two, three episodes back, I talked about that.
1: I hate remakes because they are never as good, or 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 they are never. I don't. I ne- I never. I never like them as much as the original, but. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and it, and it, it always happens. Every time I see a remake, I say I'll give it a chance, and then I'm watching, and then I'm like, oh, this sucks!" You know, I was expecting better. But mm-hmm. for The Exorcist, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that one. I don't, know. I don't know what it is about The Exorcist. That was, that was a first, I, I... my first love, uh, my first horror movie love was The Exorcist.
0: Mm. yeah and as a matter of fact uh me and cinda we we keep saying that we're gonna just get the phone and hit record for this show whenever we're because ta- we talk about movies and, and tv shows a lot yeah and it it came up last night or the night before that i was saying that that for me the exorcist it it has a huge influence and in not i like horror movies but I don't I can't think of a current one that I like because nowadays horror movies are just jump scares yeah. and I hate that. Uh-huh. I it, we're watching um the haunting of Bly Manor. Uh yeah. And the story has us enthralled. We we're, we're watching we continue watching because we want to know what happens in the story. But we get to a point where I get it. They're building the suspense and they have the kid cowering under the bed and he's just waiting for something. And it takes like two minutes. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, get over with it. Like, yes, there's <laughs> going to be a jump scare. Fine, whatever. But nothing creeps me out anymore. Uh-huh. Like it's just jump scares. It is. Exorcist was the one that set the tone for creeping me the fuck out. And like it- no jump scares. And no jump scare, because yep. it, it. I remember it I, It was not technically a jump scare, but it was just like a flash. But that white face yeah. that has the black background. Yeah, dude, to this day, I see that. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> and, and it's so stupidly simple, like it's bad makeup, but it, isn't it's it? just, <laughs> it, it just Terrible. Ugh, like, Ugh. but but and it, the movies don't do that to be actually to be fair. The last one that I can remember that kind of creeped me out, not in a jump scare way was uh the lady in black. Oh, I've never seen that one, dude. It that, that one, it it and before that, the one that gave me that kind of that feeling was The Ring. Oh, The Ring. It was okay. Because I remember yeah. like it it like It didn't have the jump scares, but it had that creepiness to it. And then you're watching, watching. And it was a typical Japanese horror thing where she was wronged and they had to fix whatever happened to her in order for her soul to leave Earth and be happy. But what I loved about The Ring was that they got to the end and they're like, no, you don't get it. This kid is pure evil. Like, she didn't need to be saved and so her soul can leave Earth. She's just evil and you just like, ruined life for everybody on Earth because now she's free. Boom. That, that's what I liked about the ring, and yeah. that's kind of what happens in The Lady in Black. Uh, not to not to ruin it for you no, no. if you decide to see it, nah, but probably it was that thing, like, like, oh, it's something about her kids and blah, blah, and you figure, oh, well, if they unite the bodies of the kids with the mom, she'll be... It's like, no, this lady is pure evil. She just yeah. wanted to be set free so that she could kill... Or ruin other people's lives, not just where she was stuck.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's um yeah, that's that's a good point, man, because like you're saying, jump scares, okay, jump scares are over and done, and now you're expecting it. So when it happens, you're like, okay, thanks. But now there are these like endings with a twist. There's endings with a twist. There's there's a there's one called um one that I liked is called Eli. And um mm. it's this kid who um you don't know if he needs to be saved or killed because he could be the the son of satan he might not be the son of satan and you don't know if he's gonna mm. save the world or destroy the world and it's not until the mm-hmm. end that you figure out oh yeah yeah those endings are cool. Mm. Yeah, those endings. Well, that's and, what I look forward to, now, and that that kind of thing. And that
0: reminds me, I, you you probably can't well, actually. Okay, quick story. So back, like pff, almost ten years ago, maybe a little bit more, I saw a movie. It's not even a B movie. This is like a low, like a B minus movie or a C movie. It was that not bad, but it was that low budget. Um. But to me, it's one of the best. It, it, it gave me the thrill of watching it. And then I got to the end. And it's like, holy shit. Basically, what happens is this girl wakes up and goes about her day. And at the end of that day, some guy that has been stalking her kills her. Oh, snap. And when he does that, she wakes up and she's like, "What? Well, that was a weird nightmare. And then goes about her day and the same thing happens. Oh, damn. So she gets killed again and wakes up. And so she's like, what the hell's going on? So she sees this guy. And so now she knows. So she tries to avoid him. But no matter what she does, he ends up at her house and kills her. And this goes on and on throughout the movie. It happens. I don't know how many times. No matter what she does, no matter how she tries to get away from him, he ends up killing her. Wow. so it, it at the end of the movie what happens is of course he gets to her one more time kills her and they they have this revelation that the killer is actually living as her and that's like his punishment for what he did he has to live her life over and over with the fear that she's gonna get killed oh damn bro it it's it, it I, I actually want to see... It's called um, Happy Death Day. Oh, um, It came out like yeah, three yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I think I haven't seen it. I've only seen the trailer, but it has that feel to it. I have a feeling that it has the same premise, but I need to see it because I don't... I, and I really want to see it because I think that's what it is. But that movie blew it. Like, dude, with that end, when I realized that, I was like... <gasps> The killer is like in purgatory, and he's having to live the life of his victim over and over. Bro, it was so good. It's called Salvage from two thousand six, I think. Really? And as a matter of fact, I looked it up last night, dude. And it's in parts on YouTube.
1: Ha!
0: Neat. Yeah. Salvage. Oh, it's and I'm telling you, it's such it's such a low budget movie, but it, dude. Oh, and then for anybody that goes looks it up, I'm sorry I ruined the end for you, but <laughs> it oh dude it I'm, it blew my like I'm down it was so good. It was so good.
1: Yeah, that's pretty neat. Well I'll check it out. I'll check that out. Uh
0: so yeah, it's on YouTube, it's funny. Um real quick, TV shows, what are what are you watching? Shits Creek Shit's Creek. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, creek. Cinda actually got me to watch like the first, it's, it's good enough to like, I probably, if I had started it when it first came out, I probably would have been like, dude, I'm going to follow this like for until it ends. But I, I just, it's not that I, it's not that it's not good. It's just for some reason, I'm, I haven't gotten into it enough to keep up with it.
1: Mm, yeah. That's how it was for me. And, and the only reason I started watching it is because uh, my girlfriend started watching it and we mm-hmm. we were talking on the phone because older people still do that sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, and she was laughing. Was it a landline? Uh, was it a landline? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, damn. No, no, we've moved on. No, but yeah, she was watching <laughs> Creek and she was telling me how funny it was and oh my God, it's so funny. And, I was like, "Really?" Mm-hmm. And you know, we always watch kind of the 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 same shows, basically. And yeah, mm. enough, man. Like, it it took maybe an episode or two for me to appreciate it because it's not it's not Three's Company. Speaking of age, it's not Three's Company. So it's not slapstick comedy. It's right. It's the one liners that you're
0: like this god it's it, that's and that's what i noticed it's more cerebral yeah. it's more a think and not to get too snooty but it's more of a thinking man's
1: comedy it kind of is yeah it kind of is because i mean mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to understand the background of what they're talking about in order to understand mm-hmm. the the joke or the humor and what they just said but yeah mm-hmm. uh, we watched all the episodes all you know each season <laughs> and in succession um Mm -hmm. but now that they released you know the final season on netflix i started it over so i can work my way up to season six so yeah and then before that it was the office over and over and over and over and over really oh
0: i i can't i can't you know i have another buddy of mine that that's like a, almost obsessed with it, like it. You know how most of us have a show that if we don't know what to watch or we're gonna do something, it just plays in the
1: background. That, that's that's his show. No, it's The Office. It's just I, uh, I ten years ago or whatever. Somebody said watch The mm-hmm. Office. It's hilarious. I tried, and I it bored the hell out of me. So I thought mm-hmm. recently, uh, I, I mean, I thought you know what I'm having. Trouble falling asleep. I'm gonna watch. Okay. I'm gonna watch The Office so I can get bored. Something that something that'll put me to sleep. Something that'll put me to sleep. And being mm-hmm. you knew, I'm staying up till three in the morning watching every damn episode because it's so damn <laughs> I couldn't stop watching yeah. it, and and I watched what whatever nine seasons I think it is. I watched each of the nine seasons three times in a row. That was my bedtime routine, you know, so now. get home, a- make dinner, watch the office, go to sleep. Yeah. Huh. I'm, I, sh-
0: I should give it an, it, it's one of those shows that just seems like it's going to be a classic and, and just like, as, as a matter of fact, um, back in the day, Seinfeld, I remember people were just obsessing about Seinfeld and, Equal to that was the, uh, friends. Yeah. Well, when I was working at the job that I had before this one, I was working two 30 to 11. And when I would go to the office, I would, the, you know, they would be there. Everybody would be there for like maybe an hour and then they would leave and I would be by myself until 11. Well, right around the time that everybody left, is around the time that Friends and then Seinfeld would come on TBS or TNT, whatever station it was on, and there wasn't much else to watch. So I put it as background noise while I was working. And before you knew it, I watched most of Friends and Seinfeld. Friends was, eh, like, that was really, truly background noise. But Seinfeld, it got to a point where I was like, Actually sitting and watching and paying attention yeah. because it just it's like holy shit this is actually really yeah. funny. Yep, yep, yep. And that that and I guess that's the uh, now. Quick question: How what's your take on the new streaming pattern versus the weekly pattern that shows used to have? Like now they put out a full season on Netflix and you watch it whenever you watch it, whereas other shows before, and some of them now even, you have to wait till next week. Like The Walking Dead is still on network right? Today, so you have to wait for the next week. But do you, now that that's the norm, do you have a preference on binge watching or having to wait a week?
1: I gotta say, I don't mind waiting the week. And it kind of gave you something to look forward to, I think, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I mean, I'll binge watch. If you release an entire season of something, I'll binge watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm almost embarrassed about it. But the thing is, like, it it kind of feels a little bit more normal if you just wait a week. Because that's what Disney did with The Mandalorian, you know, Mm one week. And I thought that was cool, you know. Okay, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. Kind of gives you something to look forward to. But I guess, I guess maybe that's for people that are a little bit older.
0: That that's how we grew yeah. up watching shows, so that's normal. Whereas younger people now, they're used to the binge watching. So if they have to wait a week, it's like, oh, what do I do for a week? It's like, yeah. go back, go watch, go binge on whatever else you're watching while you wait for this one. Like you'll live, yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I would prefer if if I could, I would I, I, I wouldn't mind waiting for an episode for another week. Uh, but
0: again. Well, the but the funny I, thing is Cinda and I Cinda and I we actually um we actually said that what we would what we were planning to do is get the shows that we like to watch and then set up our own fake tv schedule like on monday (laughs) we're gonna watch this and this on tuesday we're gonna and but we just don't we're like no i need to i need to see the next episode but for but what sucks is that you do that and then you go through whatever seasons are available and then you still have to wait for the next season which takes a lot longer that's months yeah like shit and that game of thrones to wait for the last season was more than a year yeah yeah exactly So there's that thing of, like, hey, you might want to pace yourself, bro, because the final season
1: isn't out yet, and that's going to be a long wait. That happened to me with um, Lucifer, the series, series Lucifer, Mm -hmm. where we binge-watched the entire thing, and then, well, oh, look, a new season, but we have to wait for the new season. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then we binged-watched. You know, the entire new season in like a day.
0: <laughs> well, and see, that's another thing that that I kind of have a problem with the binge stream now. Because you watch and then you have to wait for the new season. But by the two time the new season comes out, thank God for recap videos on YouTube because I have a shitty memory. Yeah. So I'm just like, wait, what was happening at the end of last season? Yeah. Like, I forget. So I have to watch the recap video, and then I'm like, "Okay, now I'm ready. What, what's going on? Let's watch this." Yeah. So that for people with a shitty memory like mine, it's like, "Okay, I think I'd rather watch every week because at least that way it's like I'm still I'm still processing." And I think you, for some people anyway, I'm sure that there's, there's an appreciation for you have a whole week to analyze that episode and go maybe even go back and rewatch it, right? And then get hyped up for the next one because if you just binge watch, you can't really process two episode two or three because you're already on episode five.
1: That actually that that reminds me of of The Walking Dead. That's what I liked about The Walking Dead. I I, I gave up on The Walking mm-hmm. Dead after a while, but but I, what mm-hmm. I what I appreciated was that um, before the new episode of the week, they would play last week's episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah yeah
0: i know what you mean yeah you, you know what happened with me with the what i gave up on it like three times already but what happens with me is that i see a meme on social media <laughs> somewhere or i see something that's and i'm like wait 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 what's
1: going on
0: now i have to go back <laughs> and catch up and yeah and i have to catch up with what's going on to see how they got to that yeah shit. So I, I'm honestly, I'm really waiting for it to end so I can fit. I've invested so much time in The Walking Dead that I, I need to finish it so I can properly shit. Because <laughs> it. it's going to be it, I have my list of like favorite TV shows and Walking Dead used to be on the top three. Yeah. But now it's not. But I'm starting a new list of shows that I used to like and then went to shit, Oops. and The Walking Dead
1: is number one yeah, on that list. I, 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 it would, if I had a list like that, The Walking Dead would be on it. <laughs> I, I
0: I wouldn't be surprised if that's, that's a show for a lot of because actually, now that I've started thinking about that, I actually think Dexter will be on that list. Really? As much as I love huh. Dexter, it I think Dexter, if they cut out like two or three of the middle episodes it would be perfect it would be a it would stay yeah. on my top 3 favorite list oh. but it just drag because i always say breaking bad is my number 1 favorite show as of right now yeah. of all time wow uh and part of it is because they didn't overextend they gave you 5 seasons yeah. and that's it they they gave you the movie yeah like that came out like a year ago or whatever. But that's yeah. it. Like they didn't they didn't fill it with with bullshit seasons and like Game of Thrones would have been there as well. But season seven and especially eight were so fucking horrifically bad yeah. that I I can't put it on that list anymore. It's not in my favorites anymore just because of the final seasons. Now if I look at it as a complete series, I'd probably be like, yeah, if you haven't seen it Yeah, go back and watch it. Just know that it's not going to end great. (laughs) But overall, it's – and the reason that it's going to stay on my list probably of not maybe top three, but somewhere in there, like top five, top ten, is because it was the first show that I can think of that really – flipped everything on its ear like i remember watching the first season and being like okay ned stark blah 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 and okay i'm I'm having trouble remembering these damn names but whatever and then ned stark gets killed and i'm like whoa 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 yeah he's the star of this like what it's it's sean bean yeah he's a star of it like okay it's it's just a dream sequence he's gonna wake up and realize what he really has to whatever and no they kept going i'm like what 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 the fuck is going on yeah, they. You can't kill Ned <laughs> Stark, and then they kept going, and Joffrey dies. Even though he, I swore that he was gonna kill the dragons and make himself a throne out of the bones yeah. instead of the iron throne, and nope, gone. And it's like, dude, who's gonna survive this? Shit? Yeah. Yep. 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 And it, and in and in, in that, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, your fault. Pause it real quick or skip forward like maybe a minute because I'm gonna ruin it. <laughs> but in in that same jordan martin style of writing i guess it makes sense that uh, Bran inherited the kingdom but when it happened i was like are you kidding me him him the one guy who didn't do anything like i said (laughs) well not only that the one guy that adamantly was saying that he didn't want it I, and I was like, "Ugh!" But in the, in the Martin style of writing, I guess it technically makes sense. I guess so. But
1: yeah, I still haven't accepted. So, it.
0: That was. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> Between him and uh, I forget her name, but the the young the young Stark girl, I'm like, bro the the White Walkers and the Night King has been the biggest threat this entire time. And then she runs up out of nowhere and just stabs him. And that's yep. it. Are you kidding me? That's Sansa. like. No, no, no. El Cucuy or La Llorona. Yeah. <laughs> being stabbed in like Achilles in his heel. And that's it. He's gone. It's like, bro. That's it. You just. Yeah. The, the first episode starts off with the threat of the White Writers. Right. Like that's what the entire show is supposed to be about. And Jon Snow, who I hate. Doesn't die is not the hit. yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like Martin, I love your writing, but at the same time, I hate it you're oh I need to make an entire episode on just <laughs> that, that show <laughs> oh my god i I need to get like two or three like two other people that have watched all of it, and just I need to get at least one other person that really likes it so that we can they can argue with me and say no but you did but you need to pay attention to this but you're not taking into account that and then so i could be like no you're stupid it's a shit (laughs) you call it the podcast of thrones there you go (laughs) ah so all right well brother i gotta say this is congratulations this is my longest episode to date well but no disrespect to my fiance and the other guy that 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 has done a couple with me <laughs> it's it's been the funnest
1: it, i this this hour and a half went by fast and this is probably the longest conversation i've had with anybody for years ever ever
0: no bro say ever it makes it, him you know weird. what Just ever <laughs> <laughs> I, I i like having that kind of bragging rights like yes that's right <laughs> remember that guy remember that guy OG, that doesn't talk to anybody i talked to him for an hour that's and a half right. and about and about geek shit. <laughs> eh? <laughs> how about that shit it wasn't even anything that was going to change the world forget all that forget all that certain, uh, civil rights stuff we talked about geek stuff how about you that? know
1: my uh, my my baby girl she's in you know, mm-hmm. she's in middle school. She's been learning stuff online, and we did this uh, mm-hmm. online meet the teacher thing because you know we we couldn't mm-hmm. go to the school. And her theater arts teacher right. had a session with a bunch of parents, and it's it was through Zoom, and I think it was Zoom. I can't remember, but um, he's he's talking, mm-hmm. and and I'm looking at what he's wearing and I see his background, you know, his, he was in his classroom and he had posters and he had like, I saw Game of Thrones. I saw, Mm -hmm. I saw action figures. I saw Funko Pops. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this dude's a geek. And so um, we hang up and I'm I'm talking, to my, I'm talking to my baby and I'm telling her, baby, is, is your theater arts teacher cool? And she's like, I don't know, I don't talk to him, what the hell, like, he's a geek, huh? <laughs> he's a geek, huh? He's like, wow, what's a, what's a geek? And I go, yeah, you know, somebody who like, gets all, you know, crazy about movies and toys and like, action figures. And, and then she started laughing and I'm like, what? She's like, mm-hmm. daddy, you're a geek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, she's like, uh, you mean like you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a geek, and you know what the the funny thing about that is, I when I started on my geek journey, dude i I had that stuff like when when I had the house all to myself. I on my I don't know if you remember, but on my entertainment center, I had a little bobblehead of Goku, yeah, just sitting there. I had the the a little miniature Menace Tirith from Lord of the Rings yeah. sitting there. I actually bought the the rifle from one of the games that I was playing at the time, and it was sitting in my room as a decoration. <laughs> and I remember if like you guys would come over, and it's not that big of a deal, but anybody else would come over, like a friend of a friend, and I'd be like, should I put this <laughs> stuff away? Like, this is... I'm a grown-ass man with a bobblehead of who? <laughs> Like, who's that blonde dude? But now it's just like that's, that's the cult. Co- like, it's just accepted yeah. now. That's the culture yeah. There's so many of us that are grown-ass adults. Geek that out. We're not. We're just – And I think that's more the philosophical thing of life of like, bro, we're all we are is kids with more responsibilities. Yeah. That's all we kids are. I, I know some people that are truly – mature quote-unquote an adult like they oh my god you still read comic books blah 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 it's like okay that's not what you're into that doesn't mean you're grown that just means you like other yeah exactly yeah i know i know man well brother i appreciate you taking the time we we should do this again maybe we could do the walking dead finale type Ah. thing because i think i think you uh I think you're probably the one that watches The Walking Dead the most, like or that's followed it that I know of. I think most people have either given up on it or just never really watched it to begin with. So Yeah. Maybe we could do 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 that or something else. I enjoy having people on. So do it, man. This was fun, brother. Thank you very much. We'll do it again. Um they usually what I try to do is edit and do whatever I do and they come out on Wednesday. So if you wanna Listen back for whatever cool. reason. Pass it on to your friends so they can see how much of a yeah. geek you are. <laughs> Sweet, um, but thank you, and thank uh, you,
1: man. Eh, hopefully, we could do it again sometime for later. sure, man. And 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 eventually, one of these days, I might actually go and drop off that food bag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: At this point, you could just use it, man. I don't think we even had I, I had it I forgot about it. I could have sworn that he had everything. No. It well. It's,
1: it's just sure. sitting
0: there collecting dust at this Literally. point. Literally. Anyway.
1: Cool, man. It's <laughs> all, all right, right, good, brother.
0: Well, thank yeah. you, sir. You have. A- Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or questions, uh, you can reach me at moat9, that's M-O-A-T-N-I-N-E at gmail.com. Also go to linktree, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moat, the number nine, where you can find the links to all my social media accounts, um, Instagram, Twitter, etc., as well as uh, the other podcast platforms like uh, spotify google podcast apple podcast overcast breaker etc whatever um i would greatly appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you are listening on and as always thank you for listening please be good to each other love you guys